and I just have written here, hello Lydia, it's been a while. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Welcome back to, oh, no, that's not enough energy. Hello, welcome back to Psychic-ish. My name is Lydia and this is my little podcast where I talk about how my psychic abilities have developed from when I was a kid up until now and I share all my little weird, spooky, kooky stories with you. If you want to listen, that is. (laughs) Now, I need to address the elephant in the room and that is that last episode episode number 28 was probably the heaviest episode I've ever released to date and I'm still in two minds about whether I want to keep it up but there's just there's just a part of like I want to take it down but then you know The whole reason why I started this podcast in the first place was because I wanted other people out there who experience the same things that I experience to feel less alone in this world and know that they're not going through everything that they're going through on their own. So to take something like that down and to sugarcoat the experience of being like a little bit of a psychic, a little bit of a medium by only sharing the wow stuff or the spooky stuff or just, you know, the lighthearted stuff. It just doesn't feel right. So that's why I haven't taken it down yet. It's an ongoing battle in my mind, to be honest. There's parts of the day where I want to take it down immediately and then there's parts where I want to keep it up. So it's just like a tug of war in my brain at the moment. (laughs) Now you might hear that I'm kind of embracing my little inner Janice from Friends today. I'm pretty nasally and that's because I have a cold. I don't have COVID. It's just one of those things, but I hope it passes soon. Like it sounds worse than it is. So I'm not suffering in any way, shape or form with the sinuses, but I can't lie. I did look up, (laughs) I did look up like the spiritual meaning of having a cold just in case it was like a sign from my spirit guides or something. (laughs) And you know what it said? Hold on, I'm just going to bring it back up again. (laughs) Okay, so upper respiratory illnesses are related to too much going on at once, mental confusion disorder, small hurts. Sinus problems are an irritation to one person someone close I can't lie like I I'm not irritated with the boyfriend at all if anything like me being out of the house and going to work each week distance makes the heart grow fonder I probably love him more now than I ever have (laughs) a sore throat can be connected to holding in angry words feeling unable to express the self Oh, colds, runny nose, and tears are all related. Mucus and tears are both ways of releasing repressed or pent-up emotions. You may feel the same helplessness and despair, the same need for comfort. 
if you have a bad cold, you may want to see if there's some crying or grieving you're repressing, some deep feeling that has been pushed aside. That is so interesting. That is really interesting to me. Because I have been, like, you know me, I claim to not be woo-woo, even though I probably am, but I've never manifested before. Like, I've always seen manifestation, acknowledged it, and then realize like it works for other people, but I'm probably too pessimistic for it to work for me. When I think about an upcoming scenario, my mind jumps to the worst case scenario as opposed to the best case scenario. So I've always been very wary of manifesting because I don't want to manifest the worst case scenario by accident, you know? I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does to me. So (laughs) hopefully it makes sense to you as well. But I have to say, I don't think I talked about this in the last episode, even though I probably should have. But now that I'm at work and everything, there was a moment probably back in early January when my boyfriend and I went to Colorado to go and do some snowboarding. And when we got back, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just because I was outside doing an activity that just I would have never done before my concussion. Like I'm such a scared person. I'm so risk averse. There was no way I'd ever get on a snowboard because I would be too scared I'd get hurt. Whereas now after being like trapped in my own little body for like two and a half years, I just want to go out and live. And I came back from that trip And I just felt like a switch had turned in my brain. Like I just really felt like my brain like was back to how it used to be. And it's really interesting because throughout the concussion, I was just very aware that my brain didn't feel like it did pre-injury. But I had all these doctors, ACC, everyone telling me that my brain should be fixed by now after about three months and that what I was experiencing was abnormal. And I was sitting there being like, okay, they're saying this, but to me, my brain is not normal. And um, I just kind of thought after so long that maybe I'd never get back to that state, you know, and maybe I just kind of have to get used to that feeling of my brain not being where it used to be. But when I got back from that trip, it honestly felt like, as I said, a switch had been turned off and my brain was just back to its pre-injury state. Now, my symptoms haven't all gone, but I'm definitely at a point where they don't cause me emotional, physical or any kind of distress, you know, like they're very manageable and it doesn't get me down where I think that it will ruin or impact whatever I'm doing that day or whatever I'm planning to do later that day. And I don't know if manifesting has a part of that, but I kind of think it could. Because as you know, now I live down in Vancouver, but when we first moved to Canada, we were living in Whistler. And when I think back to living up there, I mean, it was just a completely different life. Like I was spending most of my time resting in our bed um, and just being very cautious with my activity and things like that. But I remember that, I don't know, I kind of thought at some point that I could give 
manifesting through visualization a go because I just wondered maybe I have subconsciously been manifesting all these worst case scenarios throughout my life like what would my life look like if I just imagined the best and so I think it started as like a little experiment but part of me thought that because spirits come through to me in that state right between being asleep and being awake most of the time that's like most of the time when they come through that is I thought what if that state was kind of like a window and I could use that kind of energy or that kind of state that my brain is in to manifest something better for myself so I lay there and I would visualize three things I'd say I don't even know if I can remember them um I'd say it's working perfectly. My brain is working cohesively. Okay, I can't remember all three, but I remember that I'd just have these three things that I'd say and I'd just repeat them, repeat them, repeat them in my mind until I fell asleep or until my head got so sore that I'd have to stop. So it would probably be about 30 minutes of me doing this visualization you know but the two things that I remember saying were my brain is working perfectly and my brain is working cohesively and when I said that my brain is working perfectly I visualized my brain zoomed in on it and saw it as like this really interconnected city this will be a really niche reference but if you've seen Wreck-It Ralph 2 I'm not a fan of those movies but Daniel is so we went to the movies to see it when it came out at the time and there is a time where one of the characters my god it might not even be that movie but they try and show the internet like this character going through the internet and it's just like this really futuristic intergalactic city where there's just things going on up and down people are flying around all that kind of thing I know I'm not describing this very well but I just imagine that that sort of infrastructure was what my brain was like close up and I was just picturing like this perfect mechanism working, like a lot going on, but I could just see that it was just working perfectly. And then I would move on to saying that my brain was working cohesively and I would imagine both hemispheres of my brain and then the links that they have to each other and then kind of lighting up both at the same time together. Um, oh, I can picture it in my mind really well. It's just hard to explain. But that's what I would visualize. And I'd concentrate on that visualization for quite a while until I moved on to the next one. And then I'd just repeat, repeat, repeat. And I kept doing this even though my brain didn't feel perfect and it didn't feel cohesive. I think, I think the other one that I may have used is that my brain was healthy and I just visualized my brain being really clean, like zooming in on all the different neurons firing off and everything just being really clean. I definitely visualize my brain being like a city in every scenario. But 
I did that probably for about a month every night. And then we moved down to Vancouver and there was just so much going on within the move down here, uh, <laughs> within stress of moving and also just this place being so full of psychic energy, oh my God, <laughs> that, I don't know, I just forgot to do it. But I wonder if after all that visualization at that time, if it did kind of work, because here I am like two or three months later and to me my brain is working cohesively and it is working perfectly or perfectly enough for me. There's still some dumb moments that I have, but like I have more kindness for myself than I used to have. So this is a really big roundabout way of saying that because that's happened in my life and because I feel like it is kind of too much of a coincidence for that manifestation test to not have kind of worked. I've started trying to do that same method of visualizing something while I'm in that same state of almost being asleep, almost being awake to bring about other things in my life. And recently, like, as I said back in all those two episodes where I did talk about the concussion and the impacts that it had on me and my psychic abilities, I mentioned in there that I had put on some weight over the recovery period because it was about two and a half years of inactivity. And I don't think I mentioned this at the time, but it is probably a good thing because right in the beginning, I was so nauseous, I had absolutely no appetite and I actually lost a lot of weight in the beginning and it was probably at a dangerous point for me anyway because going into the concussion, I was so active that it was problematic. Um, I was going to F45 at least twice a day and then going for a run that same day and I'd walk to and from work, and then I'd also play netball. For overseas listeners who might not know what netball is, I thought it was an internationally recognized sport until I moved to Canada. And when I say netball, people just say, netball? Netball? <laughs> they don't know what it is, but it's kind of like basketball without the backboard and without being able to travel with the ball. It's quite a high contact sport. <laughs> and it's very active. Like you're, You do a lot of running. Um, but I was playing that at least four times a week as well because I was in a netball club and then I also played in mixed and women's only social leagues. So I actually thought that I was in my peak of health <laughs> because my, yeah, I was just the fittest I'd ever been. But as I was talking to various neurospecialists throughout my concussion recovery when they asked me what level of activity I wanted to return to and I told them what I used to do during the day they'd kind of have this look on their face and then they'd actually spend the rest of the session trying to get me to realize that my way of life was not normal um so now I'm at a point where I haven't been able to exercise for the last two years I'd say for the last six months I've been able to like ease in walking and bike riding while we're in Whistler I started weights again while we're in Whistler and then now that we're in Vancouver I've done things like going for little runs 
going to the gym every now and again, but it hasn't really been enough to be very consistent. And I think I just really liked, like while the weather was really warm, I liked walking a lot. So I'd just walk down near the seaside and I just really loved that. But it's gotten to the point now where we have a trip coming up in a few months where we're going to a warm place and swimwear will have to be involved. And I just don't want to be at a point where I'm trying to hide myself from other people. Like I do want to walk around feeling okay and feeling comfortable in my body. I don't want to draw attention to myself or, I don't know, just, it's a strange thing to explain, but I just want to feel a little bit nicer. And so I've been trying to manifest losing fat from my body in the same way that I tried to manifest my brain to get back into good order. And there's a few ways in which I'm doing it. I'm still a little bit skeptical, but I feel like I kind of have nothing to lose. I'm just kind of asking the universe to like show me how good it can get, you know. But the first thing I kind of did was acknowledge and like thank my body for storing that that extra weight over the past few years because I realized that it was there because it was saving my body or trying to keep it safe and secure in a time where it was in extreme distress and it was just trying to survive. So for the, that first eight months or so where I couldn't even really eat during the day, I can't blame my body for as soon as my nausea started to subside and I'd be able to stomach food for it to just cling on to anything that came through my body. So it was keeping me safe and it was keeping me like it was storing energy, you know, like I had absolutely no energy for two years. So I really acknowledge that. And I do have love for my body for that. Like it's a weird kind of love, a new kind of love that I haven't experienced before, but it's definitely, it's definitely a positive emotion I have towards my body for that. And because of that, when I'm in the shower or when I'm laying in bed at night, I do the same kind of visualization and I tell my body, I thank it. I'm just like, thank you so much for keeping me safe over that time. But I don't need you anymore. Like I, I address the fat cells in my body and I'm just like, thank you for keeping me safe, but I don't need you anymore. I am safe. I am secure. I am back to my normal you're not needed here anymore. You can be released. And so I try and like direct the little cells in my body to get out. <laughs> but I also want it to be in a, in a safe way too. So I've just been trying little ways of working with that mindset, you know. So when I just read before about, you know, the spiritual meaning of having a cold and that a runny nose, which is the worst thing I've got at the moment, could be linked to tears and that that's like both ways are releasing repressed or pent up emotions. I don't, I don't know, this is such stretch. This is a stretch. I know how stupid I sound right now. 
I'm just, I was going to say like the runny nose is just my body's way of releasing all that stuff. But no, no, Lydia. No, that is not right. (laughs) Anyway, I'm doing it at the moment and I'm also playing around with a kind of like intense visualization while I exercise. So I'm going to give it a bit of a go and then I might update you guys like closer to the trip that I'm going on just to see if it's worked. Like I'm definitely keeping an eye on what I'm eating and I'm definitely ramping up the exercise to a moderate level, but I still want to keep my body in a safe, secure setting. I don't want it to feel like it's under stress or in danger. So I'm not trying to do anything too scary for it. Like I feel like my body's still in quite a vulnerable state, you know, and I feel like it's just like not going to react very well to big changes. And I'm already going through big changes with going to work and things now. So I'm just taking things really slowly and I'm trying to do this like in the most healthy way possible for my mind and mental health and my body. So I'm just hyper aware. (laughs) I love that a throwaway comment has just made me talk for like how many minutes now? 20 minutes? Yep. Standard Lydia. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not angry about that because I definitely wanted (laughs) this week to talk about things that were so much more lighthearted in nature than last week. And I'm looking out the window right now. It dumped snow last night. (laughs) And it's just this beautiful blue sky, sunny day with thick, thick snow over all the roofs of the houses that I can see. And it is just like, it's the view of my dreams. So I'm feeling very lucky right now to be sitting here and just seeing such a beautiful view. But I did have something interesting happen this week, which I want to talk to you about. And funnily enough, it actually links into manifestation. So hold on, I'm just going to have a little sip of water because the voice is getting a bit hoarse. I can feel it. (laughs) I say a sip of water. I had a big old skull. Okay, so a lot of you know as well I don't think I talk about it on the podcast, but I definitely talk about it on social media, that as a child, I would write a lot. I think it was my little escape for what was going on in my family life and also with the spiritual stuff, because a lot of the things I'd write about would link to, I don't know, like me just writing to some kind of higher power, asking for it to protect me and things like that. And, um, There's a tangent I could go down right now, but I might save that for next episode. (laughs) Anyway, creative writing has always had a really special place in my heart, but it's also something that I find deeply personal. So I'd always write and then like no one was ever allowed to read it. And it's taken a while like for me to acknowledge that that's like my true dream in this life is to be a fiction author. And I, I'm hoping at some point in the near future, because I don't want to say that I'll wait until after retirement to write, like I want to write now, you know, I'm hoping that my lifestyle will allow me to write and also that my 
motivation will allow me to write because I started writing a few months ago. But the problem was I'd start writing one novel idea and then I'd get the idea for another novel and start writing that one. And now I have about four or five up in the air, which I've written about three chapters for each. So (laughs) just my mind just jumps from idea to idea to idea. So I really need to have the sustenance to stay on one path. But I've been doing something in my spare time to try and help connect me to any creativity that I may have lost throughout my high school years, throughout university and throughout my first job, where I really shut off the creative side of my life and embraced the more logical side of my brain, um, just trying to fit into society's corporate ladder scenario, you know? Because I don't know, it was definitely the belief in my family growing up and I think the belief for a lot of people now that success can't come from creativity. Like I remember my mum always telling me as a kid, like, you won't make money as a writer. So it never occurred to me to pursue any kind of writing topic, like no kind of journalism or English topic when I went to university. It was like, apply yourself, go do law go do business you know the funny thing is I was awful at law just because I was so creative that I'd try and like form creative arguments but law doesn't want creative arguments it wants clear concise arguments so I was not good at that (laughs) I was good at understanding the law and remembering the law but I was not good at applying it (laughs) anyway I kept seeing on my TikTok algorithm this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it's kind of like a workbook over 12 weeks where you do things to try and reconnect with your inner child's creativity. And it's for any kind of creative person, you know, whether you're a dancer, whether you're a writer, whether you're a photographer, it's not just for writers, it's for everyone no matter what and I think you might not even need to aspire to anything creative in general to really get something out of this book but I saw it everywhere on my TikTok algorithm and then Dan and I were down in Seattle we found this random restaurant to eat at and it was amazing and we're sitting outside on the road like they had benches set up on the road and I kept eavesdropping on the table next to us And they started talking about the artist's way. And I was just talking to Dan and I was just like, okay, this is just a lot of coincidences for me. So I asked the universe to send me the book. I was like, okay, if if I'm meant to do this, send the book to me, you know, have it show up in a secondhand bookstore the next time I go in. But it didn't. And I was just like, you know what? This is taking too long. So I just went out and got the book for myself. (laughs) I wanted it anyway. And funnily enough, ever since I've bought it, I haven't seen it on my TikTok algorithm at all. But there's a few things you do each week. And I have to say, it asks you to address creativity as if creativity were God. So it talks a lot about God. And some of those things I just don't connect with. But I persevere just because I know that the tasks that you do and the things that it asks you to do every week is actually really beneficial for me at the moment and I'm and I'm really enjoying it it's kind of like therapy in a way so one of the things that it asks you to do is as soon as you wake up get a notebook 
and just free write for three pages. You can write anything. You can write, I am writing, I am writing, I am writing for three pages. Or you can treat it like a diary, which I've kind of been doing. Or, you know, the world is your oyster. And I've started doing that. I don't do it first thing in the morning just because I wake up late and then I'm running late for work and things like that. So instead I get to work about an hour early and then I just sit there and write this and then do anything else I need to do to prepare for the day. But what I've kind of seen develop over me writing these three pages, I think I'm on about week six now, so I think I'm halfway through, is that the first two pages I'll write whatever and then on the third page I've started using that as like a kind of manifestation space I guess and I just write down things that I want for myself, things that I want for the people around me, things that I want for the world and I either like I I don't have any specific way in which I do it but I sometimes write as if I'm writing a diary entry from the future and just talk about all the good things that have happened as if they're all the things that I wanted have come true or I'll directly like ask the universe for things that I want to come to me and just things like that but what happened this week was as I was manifesting you could kind of understand I guess how free writing could kind of get taken over by a channeling for me. (laughs) So if I just sit there and write whatever comes to my mind, it's quite similar to a spirit just having a space where it could come through and talk to me. And I find it interesting that it took six weeks for that to happen for the first time on Wednesday. But I want to talk you through what happened. So I'm going to get my little Oh, and I'm breaking a rule, by the way. One of the rules is that you never tell or show anyone what you write in these sessions, but I'm sorry, this was just too good not to share. Okay, so I think I wasn't onto the third page yet, but I was just talking about a little download that I had, a little epiphany, if you will. And I just say, what do I say? I'm starting to say, I'm glad I am who I am. I'm happy to be me. I wouldn't truly wouldn't want to be anyone else which is big for me because I've never really acknowledged that ever or felt truly happy to be me so that was the last line and then I said spirit guides if you're listening and I hear we are so I just hear their little voice in my head and I say can you please make sure that I feel (laughs) Finn and Lean on the trip coming up. And they say, we're already working on this next question. I love how direct they are. Like that's how I know it's not just my imagination because like my brain does not work that way. I'm a people pleaser. I work around every little thing to make sure everyone's comfortable. So for them to be stroppy with me, it's definitely them. (laughs) So they say, we're already working on this next question. And I say, Can you please make sure I work in the best paying job with the least amount of stress while I'm trying to start doing readings and pursuing my podcast? And they say, you're already there. Stay where you are. By the way, the next day I got offered a very big extension of my contract. So we are staying there, (laughs) which is really nice. Anyway, (laughs) and then they say, 
you don't want much, do you? And I have this little realization because usually when the spirit guides come through to me and I hear their voice, it's usually male. But this was very much a female voice. And I've heard voices of spirits coming through to me, I guess, that have been female before. But again, they're very different because they show their personality. Whereas this spirit guide was very, like, I don't want to say robotic, but like, she was just very brusque. Is that how you pronounce it? Brusque? Blunt? She was very blunt, very to the point, very matter of fact. And, you know, it's like she was talking with a purpose. She wasn't dilly-dallying. I'm the biggest dilly-dallier. But (laughs) she wasn't dilly-dallying. And I realized that I hadn't really met any spirit guide with those personality traits before or with this voice before. So I said, your voice is different. And she said, you don't know me yet. I'm Amy. And the name kept going over in my head. Amy, 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 Amy. (laughs) And I just questioned the voice. Amy, Amy. And she says, yes. And I just have written here, shivers, full stop, everywhere, full stop. And I can confirm right now that I have shivers reading that out. It's been a while since I've mentioned the name Amy. But you might find that name familiar. The only Amy I know in a spiritual sense was the voice that used to come through to me when I first started experiencing clear audience when I was 14. I would hear a little girl whisper in my ear saying, Lydia, Lydia, it's me. It's me, Amy. And then I started having dreams of a little blonde girl that weren't nice dreams that I'm not going to share because we just don't need that today, but they were dreams of how she passed away in a specific area of our house or of our property. And you may recall that when my mum and dad moved into the house, it was a very quick move, unusually quick for her to remember. And she said that the children's names were still on the on their bedroom doors. And I asked her what the names were. And she said that they were Dale and Amy. So that's where things were left for me. But when I heard the name Amy, and it kept repeating in my mind, and I said, Amy, Amy? I was asking if that was the same Amy from when I was a kid. And she said, yes. And I have shivers again. (laughs) So she says, you know my voice now. You'll hear it. More understanding will come in time. Hello, Lydia. It's been a while. Oh, I'm getting emotional. I'm so glad to see you've grown up so well, so mature. When you were little, you were so scared. I could see it and just wanted you to feel less alone like I was feeling, but it only made things worse. I'm sorry. If you felt about energy and spirits then, the way you feel about them now, it might have worked, but that's just not what was meant to be, Lydia. I'm here 
I will shield you. I've come for the time of transition and transformation in your life. Things might get a little bit murky, a lot confusing, but I'll be here for you to count on. To make sure you're being heard, to check that you're on the right path, which you are, by the way. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's all change you want, but it will be a lot. It will be overwhelming, and I'm here for you here to support you through this next step. The next step for you in mediumship, which you're ready for, by the way. You just need to start. (sighs) So, I got to the end of the fourth page there. I went a little bit rogue and ended up writing four pages instead of three. I couldn't just stop halfway through her message. But I started thinking a few things, you know. Like I really thought about the first time I heard her voice and the first time I saw her as a child, a child, as a teenager, I guess, a young teenager. And my perspective of what happened back then has just changed. Um, I was asking for a lot of protection back then, you know, and I just wonder if she came through to answer that call or that request, and I wonder, like, I'm wondering a few things. Was she always an adult woman, but she kind of embodied a child to come through to me, like, to appear less scary? Like, did she think that I'd be less scared if if it was a, a child that came through instead of an adult? Or was she still that soul, that energy, that left earth in that house and was that energy when she came through to me but something has happened within the past 14-15 years that has developed her own energy like has she gone from being a spirit to a spirit guide somehow okay I'm getting nods interesting I want to know more though (laughs) Interesting, interesting. So that that little story was what I really wanted to talk to you about today, but we just didn't get there, do we? (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, I hope today's episode has been a little bit lighter for you to listen to compared to last week. I do want to apologize again for any distress that I caused you through listening to that stuff. Um, But I am truly happy to be back. I missed being on the microphone. And I just can't wait to talk about everything else that's been going on because a lot has been going on. And even so, I already know what I want to talk about next week. And I always say next week in the next episode. And I'm going to do what I've told myself I shouldn't ever do because I make promises that I can't keep. But we're going to have a revisit of another spirit from my childhood, the OG spirit from my childhood, my grandma that passed away before I was born. Because as things were left, I was about 10 years old when my sister ran into my bedroom and asked her to leave me alone because I'd seen her a few times and was beside myself. But she came back in a few ways when I was 24. 
and has continued to since. So I think enough time has passed for you to hear the developments in our relationship. So thank you for being here today. I'll have a question box open in my Instagram at psychicish podcast tomorrow for you to ask any questions that you may have or offer up any theories that you may have or share any similar experiences and I just want to set a little reminder as well that if you felt the need or the pull to support the podcast and help it grow to become bigger and better You're more than welcome to send a little donation through PayPal, that link is in the show notes, or subscribe to Patreon, which the link is also in the show notes. Still learning to feel okay talking about that kind of stuff, so I'm sorry for how awkward I sound right now, but please go and have a very good rest of your week. I'm not worried about you getting to sleep tonight. We didn't talk about anything scary. So have the best sleep of your life tonight. And I'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.